Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Neat or on the rocks? It's the Sports Bar with Danger and Battaglia on the Sports Leader, 95.7 FM and AM 950 The Fan. Rochester. It's a special time of year if you're Chris Paso. It's the time of year that you're waking up out of bed. The Rocky theme is playing throughout your house as you're making your way to the shower. You're doing some shadow boxing. Maybe you're chasing chickens around in the backyard. I don't know what your routine is, Chris, but I know you're out of your mind this time of year, and I can't believe that you're spending some time with us here to talk NFL draft in the sports bar, as I've dubbed it Jack Campbell Day, your seven-round mock available now at CBSSports.com. Buddy, how you doing? Doing really good, guys. And it was obvious that I had to join you guys at least once before the draft. Um, and, yeah, that is pretty similar. I just wrote about that today. I'm pretty sure you're reading that from my article uh, that that's how I, I get up for the next seven days, and especially on draft day. Like, last week, I was like, oh, when's the draft going to get here? But now that we've officially hit the one-week-away mark, I'm, like, energized all the way through next weekend. Yeah, and we get to see uh, how everybody uh, fares here in all their mocks. <laughs> um, if we could start with, uh, and again, I think you're spot on here with Campbell going to the Bills uh, in that first round. Um, but a trade back, which I like even more. Um, how far back do you think the Bills could actually go in this mock draft? You have them just making a deal with the Saints, sliding two picks back here. But the idea that Jack Campbell could be there in the second round, Chris, maybe? Yeah, I think so. I mean, in that mock, like you mentioned, only moving back two spots, they could probably move back out of the first round somewhere into the mid-30s, maybe even the late-30s, and still get Jack Campbell. Now, there's so much that goes into the actual draft, the logistics of making the selections more than just the evaluations. You have to weigh, you know, do we love Jack Campbell or is it more about we like him and we don't like the depth behind him? How far can we move back? Should we move back if we think, hey, like maybe there's a chance a team will kind of go right in front of us and ultimately pick him and then we lose out on this player that we ultimately like? Those are the questions and the answers that the Bills have to ask themselves and come up with those answers to um, on draft weekend, on Thursday night, I think they could move back between 5 to 15 spots and still get him if they want that almost identical Tremaine Edmonds replacement um, at middle linebacker. So, Chris, uh, we've heard Brandon Bean say that, that he doesn't have a lot of first-round grades on this year's uh, draft crop. I mean, tell us a little bit about the overall class, because if that is the case, then when you're when you're sitting where the Bills are sitting late in the first round, it really does become like, all right, well, let's just take the guy that we like, because you know, you're kind of comparing apples to apples all the way around. 
Yeah, and I think what's important to note about Bean's comment the other day during his press conference was, as we've seen a lot of these other GMs around the league this week have these press conferences, that's been universally echoed, that like the Chiefs GM, the Jaguars GM, I think the Jaguars GM, Trent Baalke, today said like they had like 13 or 14 first-round grades. So what I think that means is you're probably going to have teams that are just going to stay put the back half of the first round, pick a player that in other drafts they would say, hey, you know, he's more like a pick that we would like to select in the 30s or the 40s. And we'll also have teams that will be, and I think probably the Bills would be one of them at this point, that will be very gung-ho to trade back. That is there a team that wants to move into the first to get, say, Hendon Hooker, or if Will Levis or if Anthony Richardson fall precipitously to get that fifth-year option, that's not out of the question. Is there an edge rusher um, that, you know, one of those teams that that premium position could be into? The linebacker group isn't good. Uh, the safety class is not great. Offensive tackle is not great. So I think those kind of marquee spots that we have seen a lot of players go early in the first round recently, because those are, are kind of down classes, I think that is leading the charge in terms of this class kind of being viewed as not horrible, but not that blue-chip talent-laden class that we've seen over the past couple of years. Yeah, we're talking to Chris Trapasso, CBS Sports. You can go check out his latest seven-round mock draft, and I know we, we, we all expect uh, it, it'll be the quarterback at the top of this draft, but uh, going to Carolina and Bryce Young from Alabama. But beyond that, and, and you brought up Hooker, is he going in the first round, perhaps? And, and perhaps could that be one of those guys that could be a you know a team wanting to jump up at the end of the first round? Where do you see kind of the the range here and where a hooker could possibly go in this draft, Chris? Yeah, so to answer your question directly, I think there is a very good chance that he goes in the first round. To give my take on it, I don't think he should go in the first round at all, being 25, coming off the 20th ACL. I really don't think from a traits perspective – from looking at those big-time throws through tight windows with chaos around him, I don't think he's a first-round caliber quarterback. But apparently he's really aced the pre-draft process in meetings, showing that he understands pro-level concepts, uh, protections, things like that. And what I will say is, obviously it's the most valuable position in the NFL, and teams do want that 50-year option um, at that position. So all of those things considered – and because really after Hendon Hooker, you're kind of just rolling the dice with a Clayton Toon or a Jake Hayner or a Stetson Bennett. There's not that, you know, group of intriguing mid-round guys that I think in general we see these quarterbacks get pushed up. Having said all that, we all talked ourselves into Kenny Pickett and Malik Willis and Desmond Ritter, and they were all going to go in the first round last year. It was only Pickett, and Ritter and Malik Willis fell all the way to the third uh, I think that's more of where Hendon Hooker belongs, but you got to kind of follow the tea leaves at this point one week out from the draft, and it seems like more likely than not that Hendon Hooker will be a first-round pick. So, Chris, then that would mean five quarterbacks going in the first round? Yeah, five. Before which, the Bills are picking at 27. That would be great news for the Bills. And to kind of go off what you mentioned earlier about, like, what do they do at 27 if they don't have – a first-round grade on a player, and, and that you mentioned Brandon Bean kind of was uh, down on this class from the first-round grade perspective. Last year, they traded up for Kyrie Elam, what, from 25 to 23, I believe? 
Um, and they said that that was their last first round grade. I mean, I guess we have to believe them. I mean, I'm sure a lot of teams would ultimately say that, but this year being a few picks further back at 27, it feels like what they should do is, and I'm not at all an advocate of trading up, but go up and trade and get your player. That's your last first round grade or, or one of your last first round grades, maybe in the early twenties or late teens. And if you don't do that, then trade back and just try to collect those picks on the second day of the draft where you can get better value. Chris Trapasso, CBS Sports, our guest here in the sports bar. Is, uh, I, Chris, when we talk about the wide receivers, I, I have this dream that uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba will follow Buffalo. That's not going to happen, but um, you have them in your mock going to Green Bay. I would just love to know what Aaron Rodgers' reaction would be if that would actually happen. It kind of feels like the most fitting troll job for the Packers to do. Like, and, and, and I don't know if I wrote it in that mock, but I've definitely written it over the past couple weeks, that they would pick JSN at 15, they would have Aaron Rodgers on the roster with a first-round wide receiver for like one day, and then sometime early – during the draft on Friday night, they trade him to the Jets, and they say, oh, yeah, sorry, you're gone. Uh, I think that's just the most fitting way for this saga to end with. After all these years, since 2002, the Packers haven't picked that first-round wide receiver. He was banging the table for Justin Jefferson back in 2020. Brandon Ayuk uh, didn't ultimately happen, but I, it just seems like that's a team that could go wide receiver, and just to kind of give a little parting shot to Aaron Rodgers on his way to the Jets, or maybe – some other team that could sneak yeah, up well, and Chris, steal that, him from the Jackson last minute. That's where I was going to go next because that is one of kind of like these these storylines that is left open here as you head into next week. Could you see Aaron Rodgers end up with the 49ers with all this Trey Lance talk? Could you see movement of Trey Lance prior to Thursday, prior to the draft? We know how how the Niners like to operate and, and you know move around the draft board uh, leading up to the draft as they did to, to acquire Trey, uh, Trey Lance just two years ago. Yeah, that would not surprise me at all. And, and we will get Ian Rappaport the, like an hour before the draft on Friday night and he's not going to be talking about the picks that are about to be selected. He's going to be talking about a lot of players, Trey Lance chief among them, that are being talked about on the trade market. Aaron Rodgers, of course, DeAndre Hopkins, and certainly the Bills could be kind of in those sweepstakes. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think it is uh, you know, just a formality that Aaron Rodgers, for one of those back-to-back picks in round two, is going to be traded um, from Green Bay to the Jets. I think the Trey Lance situation, Brock Purdy with his elbow, certainly uh, kind of complicate things a little bit. And I do understand that Aaron Rodgers wants to go to the Jets, but I think if the, the opportunity presents itself to play in Kyle Shanahan's offense with Trent Williams and Debo Samuel and George Kittle, that would be also very enticing for Aaron Rodgers in kind of an NFC West that doesn't have as much firepower as it did a few years ago. Chris, uh, one quote we zeroed in on uh, from Brandon Bean. He mentioned how uh, what's behind a defensive tackle for the Buffalo Bills, that the Bills might actually be in the market there. Uh, I don't know if that's a, a day one or day two, but do you see, because maybe Ed Oliver isn't on this roster come next year and you got to think about a replacement, is there anybody, in your opinion, say mid-round here, uh, that the Buffalo Bills could target at that position and kind of develop? 
Yeah, that's the perfect question because I think the Bills will address interior defensive line. They probably should, even though we certainly know that they've invested a lot of that early in the draft the last couple of years. But and, and it's where I think they should address that spot. I don't think in the first round a Mozzie Smith or a Brian Breezy to use that number 27 overall pick on a deep tackle in today's NFL when you have the Chiefs and the Bengals um, with weapons galore, good offensive lines. I think going offense or that glaring need at middle linebacker makes a lot of sense. But some names, um, Jervon Dexter from Florida, big, very athletic nose tackle with long arms. I think he kind of fits with the Bills. Beyond that, Oliver, really like. They like size and girth up front um, along their defensive line. Colby Wooden from Auburn is kind of an inside-out player, like a bigger version of A.J. Epinesa, who's probably best on the inside. And Jacqueline Roy from LSU, similar to Jervon Dexter, both just high um, recruits coming into the SEC, good players, not like huge needle movers, but I think they're going to be like 10-year pros that are good run defenders, can give you some juice up the field as a pass rusher occasionally. Kind of fits what you would expect to get out of a mid-round defensive tackle. Chris, we've seen mocks earlier on the process that have the Bills selecting Bijan Robinson. And uh, I, I'm pretty sure I know your stance on teams taking running backs in the first round. And it's fairly we're fairly certain that Robinson is going to go to a team mm-hmm. in the first round. Should the Bills be interested in that if he somehow falls to 27? No, 100% not. And... So a quick story here. So my wife has an Etsy shop. It's yeah. a print-on-demand shop where she makes her own shirts. You guys see me tweet it out all the time. I had her make me shirts this year that I'm going to wear all three days when I'm in Fort Lauderdale at the CBS Sports Studios that have a little draft saying on it. And Thursday night, in cursive, in 70s font, says, don't draft running backs in the first round. <laughs> and, and so you'll see it. I, I'm going to do, I think, a few social media videos. I'll I'll at least post the shirt if I'm not on air that much. I'm just the biggest, uh, I'm just so against it. And what I think happens is, and this is not to, you know, call out fans or people that just jump into the draft late. You see the Bijan Robinson highlights and you think, wow, he's amazing, which he is. But if you had the time and you studied the other 30 running backs in the draft, you'd say, man, there's not that big of a difference between B. John Robinson and Israel Abanacanda from Pittsburgh or Tajay Spears from Tulane or Tank Bigsby from Auburn, that behind a good offensive line, they can be productive players as well. And whichever team picks them, they're not a B. John Robinson away from being a contender. We kind of made that mistake with the, Philadelphia, or with the Kansas City Chiefs when they picked Clyde Edwards-Elair with, what, the last pick in the, in the 2020 draft yeah. that, oh, my God, now they have this pass-catching running back, and he wasn't even really a fixture of the offense by his second season. So I don't think it's what the Bills need. They addressed running back in the offseason with Damian Harris. Um, That was a cheap but very good signing. I I don't want to sound super negative and sound like a pessimist, but being a draft guy, running backs in the first round, it's not even because the position is not valuable. It's because you can find a very close to the same level player later in the draft, and it is contingent upon how good your blocking unit is up front. 
So, Chris, to bring it full circle here, and if uh, anybody missed it at the beginning, uh, you have the Bills in a slight trade down taking Jack Campbell. And there's also this whole world that the Bills don't take Jack Campbell, but they're going to need to take a linebacker. So I guess my question is, between how much of a gap is there between a Campbell and who would you say would be the better fit in Buffalo? Would it be Drew Sanders? Would it be Trent Simpson? Would it be somebody else if the Bills don't end up with Jack Campbell? Yeah, awesome question because I do think that I I can't get too pigeonholed into thinking the Bills are going to pick him because they could go in a different direction. I would say it's Drew Sanders, um, but for a different reason that I I feel like I said it on this show in the past. Drew Sanders and Jack Campbell are pretty big linebackers, but they're completely different players. With Jack Campbell, you're getting Tremaine Edmonds type player. He's big. He's good in coverage, sideline to sideline, athleticism. With Drew Sanders who is a little smaller on third downs or those obvious passing downs, which is certainly second down in today's NFL, you want him on the edge rushing the passer. And I've kind of warmed to that idea for the Bills, even though I realize that Drew Sanders is not a Tremaine Edmonds 2.0 because they're probably going to start the season without Von Miller out there for probably at least the first, I would say, month to maybe half of the season to get more pass rushing juice. And he really has it. He's, was a five-star recruit. He has pass rushing moves. He's explosive. They could utilize him in kind of a Micah Parsons-esque role early on as he learns the nuances of dropping in coverage and running with tight ends, things like that later into his career. So I think even more than Trenton Simpson or anyone else, for a different reason, Drew Sanders could make a lot of sense too, even at 27 or if they trade back, or if they just pick him in the second round. All right, so Chris, you can't pigeonhole yourself into the Bills taking one specific player because of the nature of what you do. But we can, yes. and we, we've dubbed it Jack Campbell Day. We're ready for the Bills to select Jack Campbell in that first round of the NFL draft, or or early in the second round, if they, or late in the first round if they trade down. Um just because of how much this is all kind of played out here through through the offseason, you lose Edmonds. McDermott's going to call plays. If you look back to his time at Carolina, his most successful defenses had Keekley and Davis. He has a, a Davis in Milano, and you bring in a guy like Campbell to become your Keekley, who, by the way, is working out with Keekley in the offseason. Mm. It just makes too yeah. much sense. So tell me, Chris, what will the Bills get a week from tonight when they select Jack Campbell in the first round of the NFL draft. Yeah, I mean, that's going to probably be my selection for the Bills in my final mock next week for all those reasons that you just laid out. Uh, They're getting a player that is, I think, beyond having a high floor because he's a great tackler, he's not going to miss a lot of tackles, and that really was a problem at times for Tremaine Edmonds, um, and who's also very adept in coverage. He understands uh, route combinations behind him, where his positioning needs to be. He stays very square to the line of scrimmage, which seems kind of like a weird tactical thing, but he's not often fooled by cutback lanes. Like He's ready for that running back to hit the cutback lane and then to plant his foot in the ground and attack and make a sure, very fundamentally sound tackle. He has shorter arms than Tremaine Edmonds, but everything else about his game reminds me so much of Edmonds when he was coming out of Virginia Tech. He is a better tackler, maybe not quite as much range. He ran four six five at the combine, but Fred Warner ran in the four sixes. Uh, I just wrote this in an article, and I'm blanking on the others. There's a lot of linebackers between like four, like high four fives and mid four sixes that are really good. Demario Davis is one of them with the Saints. 
you don't need to be a 4-4 guy at linebacker, even though speed is important. You have to understand positioning, reading your keys. I mean, Matt Milano is not a, a, a low 4-4 guy or mid 4-4 guy, but he plays very quickly because of his instincts. I get a similar feel with Jack Campbell, and I think you're right that Sean McDermott will be kind of banging the table and say, hey, look, yes, let's address offense. Let's get a receiver. Let's get offensive line to help protect Josh Allen. But he's a big-time linebackers guy from all of the experience and the success that he's had with that off-ball spot in his coaching career. Uh, last one for me, Chris. And you did positional rankings uh, earlier mm-hmm. this week. You had an interesting name as your top quarterback, and I kind of agree. If you're talking about ceilings here, um, is that why you have Anthony Richardson as your top quarterback in this draft? Yes, it is. And I, I kind of broke one of my own rules that I watch quarterbacks early on so I don't get, uh, you know, I don't fall into any of like the pre-draft hype, the combine, the pro days. But when I did watch them and grade them in January, C.J. Stroud and Anthony Richardson, before there was like anything about Anthony Richardson potentially being like the number one or number two or number three overall pick, they graded so closely that it almost felt like I had a little bit of wiggle room that if I just had a feeling about a player that I could move them around. The one concern I have with C.J. Stroud is that under pressure, and he was not under pressure very frequently, under 25% of the time last year at Ohio State, he's not great under pressure. We saw in that Georgia game he did have some impressive scrambles in that game. I think Anthony Richardson, yes, he has some misses under pressure, but what he can do with his legs and with his arm I think if you put a good team around him, and whichever team drafts Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, they're going to need to have a good offensive line, good receivers, uh, good tight end, good coaching, all of that to maximize these players. If I am a GM and I believe in myself and I say, hey, look, I can build all these things on offense, I want to plug Anthony Richardson more so than Bryce Young and more so than C.J. Stroud into that offense because what you mentioned, Gene, he has upside that is as big as any quarterback in the NFL. All right, so with Carolina having that number one overall pick, investing everything that they did to get to that number one pick, and and not really saying one way or the other which direction they're going. I mean, if everybody's talking that it's going to be Bryce Young, but I mean, Carolina had a quarterback that really reminded me of of Richardson. The first time I saw Richardson play, I'm like, he looks like Cam Newton out there. I mean, this guy's just big and physical and can do Mm -hmm. it all. I mean, would that be a pick that makes sense for Carolina? Carolina at number one overall, would that shock the world and, and actually work for Frank Reich? I think it would work because here's why. Like I, I'm not surprised that Frank Reich um, has kind of apparently narrowed it down to either Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud and they're leaning Bryce Young. But if you're Frank Reich and you were a former NFL quarterback, you coached Andrew Luck, you coached Nick Foles, you coached Carson Wentz, you understand the nuances of playing the position in the NFL and coaching the position. Those are the elements of the game that need to be kind of fine-tuned with Anthony Richardson. That if you're the owner there and you hire Frank Reich, I would be saying as David Tepper, the Panthers owner, hey, look, this guy's upside and his talent far exceeds C.J. Stroud and is significantly better than Bryce Young. Frank Reich should be the guy that can help fine-tune some of those intricacies of playing the position for Anthony Richardson, and in two years or three years, you could be talking about Anthony Richardson as this unstoppable player because of how athletic he is, how big his arm is, and that, oh, by the way, now he's learned how to you know, be better with decision-making and his accuracy, things like that. So 
I don't think it will happen. And I'm actually just surprised that, like, what, a month ago, the Carolina Panthers came out and said, oh, yeah, hey, we like Anthony Richardson, but we traded up, and it's either going to be Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud because if you look around the league, if you look right here in Buffalo, the best quarterbacks in the NFL are not immobile, and they're not 5'10 and 185 pounds with average arms. They're big-time athletes with big-time arms. That's what I would be aiming for if I was drafting a quarterback in today's NFL. Chris, great stuff. Uh, really love uh, all the success you've had. And you mentioned you're going to have uh, another mock dropping between now and next Thursday. Tell everybody uh, where they can find more of the content and when that, that mock will actually drop. So that mock's going to come out next Wednesday. Uh, I, I think they're going to let me like tweak it on Thursday morning in case there's any major news. But I'll always say this. like Certainly go read my mocks, but I'm not like – uh, super concerned if I don't get a bunch of picks right. I'm much, I, I care much more about getting evaluations right. And hopefully I provide good insight on here and I get better with those evaluations over the years working at CBS Sports. And I'm doing all the grades from Friday through Saturday for the CBS Sports uh, draft tracker. So that will be fun. My eyes will be bloodshot by the end, but I'll love every second of it. Yeah, man. It's a fun time of year. You can hear it in your voice. Lots of enthusiasm as we head into next Thursday. Chris, thanks again for making time for us throughout the draft season, buddy. And let's talk again soon. Anytime, guys. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Chris. Chris Trapasso, CBSSports.com, draft analyst. Seven-round full mock draft up now. You can read Chris's work, and it's fantastic. Do you buy his analysis about the quarterback position in Richardson. Yeah. I do too. Yeah. He sold me. I, Stroud, uh, Young, size-wise, feel more like Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, and Richardson has that. And to a, a certain extent, Levis, but not as much as Richardson. Richardson has more of that, that Cam Newton, Josh Allen, Ben Roethlisberger, big, athletic Roethlisberger when he was young. You know, guy that can just make plays. Just an athlete out there. Big arm. Fast. Sneaky. Whoever gets Richardson's, you know, going to be fun to watch. Uh, Levis visiting the Patriots today. Saw that. I think Bill Belichick just does that sometimes. Just, uh, all right, like I had this conversation. Like, like kind of, like, like a lot of teams do this, right? Like they will, you know, you don't have no intention of drafting, but let me, just for my own scouting purposes, use this opportunity to talk to you. Yeah, learn a little bit more about the player before they get drafted. Sure. Um, all right, we're going to take a break. We have happy hour coming up next. Yeah, so, uh, and we've got some stories to get to, and uh, we have time for your calls. 8664 fan eight six six four three two six. All right, uh, that's coming up next. Happy hour, a round of shots. Your calls on the Good Smoke Barbecue and Pub Wingman line. Gino mentioned it. Eight six six four F A N. Award winning barbecue from the Good Smoke Barbecue and Pub and their new location at one thirty five West Commercial Street in East Rochester. GoodSmokeBBQ.com. Odyssey has sports for every fan. Keep up with your favorite teams from across the country and get the inside scoop from experts. A U D A C Y. Odyssey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 